don't know who I am, I'm Kevin Carrion. I'm one of those pastors here um, at Mays Road Church. Uh, and I get the privilege of bringing the word this morning. Um, we had taken a break from our teaching rotation, but we're back on it. Um, so every five weeks, Mike will speak. And then one of us, like me, or John, or Marcus, will be speaking to give Mike a break. Unless he's up here, and then he's not getting a break. So, um, but yeah. So, thank you for um, being here. Love to see your faces. Um, and so, my son was thrown up last night at like two o'clock, and I've been awake since. Not awake, but I woke up at like six after that. So I have like four hours of sleep. So I am running on the spirit this morning um so but this week not once but twice i got messages from people i don't really talk to but um nonetheless i got messages from them and one of them was on instagram and it was from a popular store in arlington um telling me that i was a winner of some packages or like this package of a sweater and some tumblers. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Um, I love getting free stuff, right? Who doesn't? Um, and so, but all this stuff could be mine. If I just fill out this register, giving them my address and my number, and I'm sure other things too. So I paused and I was like, something's off about this. Um, so I had to look at the profile and see the pictures. And if you're an Instagram user, you know that they have the number of posts, their followers, and the following. And so I looked at the number of um, followers or uh, posts, and it was only 36. And if you know Arlington Hardware, they post like like crazy, and it's like in the thousands, I think. And so only 36, that seems really off. And so I scrolled down and noticed – some of the other pictures, um, and they, you know, they're normal Arlington Hardware pictures, right? But I scroll down even more, and then it's like, oh, it's getting pictures of beaches. That's that's weird. That's not really Arlington brand. Um, and then there's another weird one where it's it's a store in Canada. And I'm like, yeah, that's just not that's not right. That's not who Arlington Hardware is. Um, and so. They noticed that I saw their message and they pushed back saying, hurry up. We want to give you this package, but we want to, you know, you got to do this now. And so I pushed back and um, I said, yeah, if you're real. And they're like, yeah, this is real. Yeah, a real scam. No, this is not a scam. Can you prove it to me? Well, if you just complete the register, then I'll prove it that's not a scam. Yeah, that's not going to happen. And if you don't believe me, then just move on. And I moved on, but before I moved on, I reported it. And and then last night when I was going to get these screenshots um, from their account, that account was closed. So I guess I was right. And then the other day, I got a friend request from my aunt on Facebook. I, I questioned it at first for a couple of days because I'm pretty sure I'm friends with my aunt on Facebook already. But then I remembered after a couple of days that you know, she's pretty elderly and she's forgotten her password and stuff before. And so she's made a new account. So I, I accepted the account. And then yesterday, yesterday morning, I get a message from her 
asking how I was doing, and I was like, no, I'm good. How are you doing? And kind of, because I already had this conversation with Arlington Hardware, I was already kind of weary about it. Um, and then he says, happy to hear from you, and just doing pretty great. I'm just wondering if you have heard about the new home care and family support grant program yet. I'm like, okay, this is super weird. Um, and so go to the next slide. I said, nope, obviously. And then he gives us more details about how this program could benefit me. And I'm like, oh, weird. I'm like, and the question is, you can also apply for it too. I'm like, I'm sure I can. <laughs> and it's a, it's, you know, it's a great part. It's a life opportunity that you can have. And we get, all I have to do is contact the claim agent, right? And I'm like, no, or she asked, do you know how to apply? I'm like, no, I don't. Also don't know who you really are. And so if you go on, um, let's see where it continues again on um, trying to convince me and that, you know, I'm going to get you this contact info. I'm like, oh, are you home? What they don't know is that my mom lives with her. What they also don't know is that she's on vacation in the Philippines and won't be back until March. And so they respond to this. I am in Texas. I have an appointment with my house agent. My mom doesn't live in Texas. She lives in Everett. And so I respond, oh, you're in Texas? I thought you were supposed to be in the Philippines. Get out of here, you imposter. And so twice in one week that someone tried to scam me to get my information to steal my identity. Thankfully, I, knowing the facts of the true people and the authenticity of these people being impersonated and comparing them to the imposters claimed to help me. This is the things, one of the things I would be talking about today is just as believers, we need to be Berean. In Acts 17, it says, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silence away by, by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went to the synagogue of the Jews. Now these people were more noble-minded than, than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed along with a significant number of prominent Greek women and men. They received the word with great eagerness. Then examine the scriptures daily, daily to see whether these things were so. They were making sure that Paul and Silas were not trying to scam them and blow just smoke up. And so that's how we should be. So we need to dig back into the text. Even when I speak or even Mike speaks, we need to be comparing the scriptures to what we're teaching. And so let's dig back into the text this morning. But first, previously on the harmony of the Gospels, Jesus had encountered the Pharisees and the Sadducees asking for a sign to test them, test him, but he denied them and started calling them an evil and adulterous generation, and no sign will be given. He gives, them, he gives the disciples, he gives warning to the disciples about the Pharisees and the Sadducees' teachings. Jesus then healed the blind man in uh, Bethsaida. 
and uh, told him not to say anything about it. In fact, don't even enter the village. And that was last week. This week, we'll be in section 118 of the Harmony. Or if you're just using your Bible, we will be going through Luke 9, 18 to 21, Mark 8, 27 to 30. But we'll really be digging in in Matthew 16, 13 to 20, if you want to join me there. But we'll start with Luke chapter 9 and verse 18. And it says, And it happened that while he was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and he questioned them, saying, who do people say that I am? They answered and said, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, but others that one of the prophets of old was risen. Now let's take a glance at Mark 8. Jesus went out along with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he questioned his disciples, saying to them, Who do people say that I am? And they told him, saying, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. Now Mark gives a little bit more details than Luke, giving us where they are currently at. Um, Caesarea Philippi was located in the foothills of Mount Hermon, and about 15 miles north of the Sea of Galilee. Um, fun fact, um, the natural spring near there is the largest source of of the Jordan River, and you can keep that for uh, trivia night one day, and no charge to you. Um, it's only here and here and in Matthew that uh, Caesarea Philippi is mentioned in the Bible, and it was a smaller but growing city where it was mostly filled with Gentiles and um, little to no Jewish po population, and so probably a place where they could take a break, take a breather, rest without any problems, Jewish opposition, or large crowds. And that's probably why, um, the reason why Jesus felt he could ask these questions without fear of the answer spreading before it was ready to be known. He wanted it to be kept between him and his disciples until the right moment. So let's take a look at Matthew's account now in chapter 16. Now, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah of, or one of the other prophets. Now, at this point, we're probably a couple years into Jesus' ministry, and the people I've heard about or some even witnessed the things that Jesus was doing, but still didn't know who he was. They were saying he was John the Baptist, but he's not. Clearly, he could not be John because he was with John when he got baptized. Clearly, there are two different people, and Jesus also start, still has his head on his shoulders. They thought he was one of the prophets of old, Elijah, who God used to do great work to wake up Israel and eventually ascended in, on a chariot and taken in a whirlwind. Can you just imagine witnessing being a, Elisha and witnessing that um, it could have been possible that Elijah had come back, 
and started doing miracles and healing people. Could have been, but it's not. He's still in heaven. Um, another interesting thought, also free of charge to you. Reason why God, as I was doing research, just things that came up. Uh, reason why God might have taken Elijah before he died was to pre prepare him for the end times. Who, uh, who else did God take up without experiencing death? Enoch. Two people, two prophets, who didn't experience death before their great because of their great faith and obedience. And in Revelation 11 says there are we two witnesses that will prophesy for 126 days and or 100 1,260 days, and there will be and they will be conquered and experience death. Just speculation, though. Fun, but just speculation. You can take it or you can leave it. Anyways. The people still didn't know who he was, Jesus. He was just a man, another prophet, or another teacher. Even today, there are people who have heard of this man named Jesus, but don't know, really know who he is. Some know that he was a good teacher with good lessons and teachings. Some people know his name, but don't believe he even existed, despite historical evidence outside of the Bible, saying he exists. To them, he's just a myth. There are some that claim the same Jesus as us, as a biblical Jesus, but with or without, depending on your worldview, the worldview they take, um, certain ideas on who he is. And I believe once you do that, to add or subtract something from the biblical Jesus, you don't have the same Jesus. You have a counterfeit Jesus. The Muslims believe that Jesus was a prophet or just a messenger for God, but denied his divinity. Counterfeit Jesus. The only two people, the only people who knew the real Jesus was the ones who were with him every day for the last two years. So let's continue in Luke. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, The Christ of God. And in Mark's account, verse 29, he continued questioning them, Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said to him, You are the Christ. And finally, in Matthew's account, he said to them, Who do you, you yourself say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But who do you say that I am? This question was more important than the prior question Jesus asked. It didn't matter who other people were saying who Jesus was, whether they were wrong or right. What was important was who they personally said and knew who Jesus was. They knew who he really was. They ate with him. They knew what size of sandal he wore. They knew he, he knew how, how he liked his potatoes, whether he liked them, boiled them, or mashed them, or stick them in a stew. They walked miles upon miles with him. They talked for hours with him. Surely they know him the best. They could probably take the best friend quiz and ace it. 
did they really know Jesus and who he was? Some of us, especially if you grew up in the church, can be like this. You know all the Bible trivia questions because you learned them since you were a little babe and recited them easily. But those things are just head knowledge. Do you truly believe them? Some of us relied on the answers of others or the faith of others. You take on the faith of your parents without actually thinking about the questions and honestly answering the question, who is Jesus and why do I believe in him? We are called to be wholehearted disciples, not half-hearted consumers. Peter's answer is the answer that Jesus was looking for. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. You are the one we have been waiting for. Jesus and the disciples at this point weren't new to the concept of Jesus being the Messiah, right? Remember, they have been with him every day for the last two years, seeing and hearing everything he has done. But now with strong conviction, Peter can say, can answer, who do I say I am? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, verse 17, Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who who is in heaven. Jesus is confirming and letting Peter know that he was right to call him the Christ. But also to say that flesh and blood or the world or it wasn't the people around you that revealed the truth. It was Father God who revealed it to him. It was his voice from the heavens saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Verse 18. And I say to you that you are Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Now, this verse, we have to be careful. We, if we're not careful, we, we can misinterpret it. If you know your Greek, you know that Peter in the Greek is Petros, which means pebble or stone. When Jesus says, upon this rock I will build my church, this rock in the Greek is Petra. Petra, like the 80s rock band that the old people listened to. (laughs) Uh, Petra means solid rock, native rock, not just a pebble that's easily moved or tossed. Petra, solid rock. If we use the Greek vocabulary here, we would get you are Petros. Upon this Petra, I will build my church. Jesus was referring to himself, not Peter. In 1 Corinthians 10, 14, it says, And all drank the spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. Petra was Christ. The solid rock his church will be built on is Jesus, and that, that Jesus is the Christ, and he is the Messiah. And again, First um, Peter 2, 4-8 says, Coming to him as a living stone, which has been rejected by people, 
but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are being built up as spiritual as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this, contained in Scripture, behold, I am laying in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. The one who believes in him will not be put to shame. This precious value then is for you who believe, but for unbelievers, a stone which the builders reject. This became the chief's cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Not to say that Peter didn't play a huge part in in the building of the church and expanding the kingdom, because he did. But Peter is not the cornerstone. He's not the foundation we built our faith on. Jesus is. Amen. All right, let's take a look again at verse 18. And also I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. The gates of Hades will not overpower it. As you read that, you might ask what the gates of Hades will not overpower. Is it the church? Is it Jesus? And the answer is yes. The gates of Hades or hell cannot be prevailed because the church because the, against the church because Jesus is over the church and, he, and is its head. And I'm not sure if you've heard Mike talk about the gates before. Well, it doesn't matter because I'm going to say it anyways. Gates are sta- stationary objects of defense. They're to keep things out. Like the Great Wall of China was to keep the Attila and his Huns out. Or Helm's Deep to keep Sauron and his army out. It might be these might be bad bad metaphors because that makes us a bunch of Huns and Orcs and Urukais. And for some of you, that's not totally wrong. Um, you get my point, right? We as the church need to be on the offensive. We need to be taking the gospel and the word of God to the world around us. We can't be passive. And spreading the gospel. We can't let the fear of man overpower us. And I'm guilty of this. We are afraid that we might offend someone or that the people around us will picture us as an offensive person. Don't let that stop you from speaking truth. Because it isn't you that's offensive. It is the gospel truth that is offensive. Especially for those who are so far from the truth. Verse 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be, have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Keys. Keys open and close doors. To bind and to loose is to prevent or permit entry. The keys to the kingdom open and close its doors. Notice this with me. Jesus says, I will give you the keys. I will. Future tense. That is because he has yet to make a way. Jesus hasn't gone to the cross and died and paid our debt. He hasn't been buried and then raised on the third day, defeating death in the grave. It hasn't yet happened yet. But it will. And it did. 
and Jesus and Jesus gave Peter the keys to the kingdom of heaven, which is trusting and relying on Jesus as Christ for salvation. When Peter speaks as an apostle and proclaims that Jesus is Messiah, the Son of God, he uses the keys as he speaks. Peter does not determine who enters or who doesn't enter. Rather, when Peter proclaims the gospel, he reinstates he restates the announces what God has already decided. If anyone repents and trusts Jesus, his sins are forgiven. The door is open, and they can enter God's kingdom. So if anyone rejects Jesus, the door is closed. Those keys have been passed down to us as believers, so we can proclaim the truth and present those keys to those around us. And to end this section in Matthew, it says, Then he gave the disciples strict orders that we were, t- were to not to tell no one that he was the Christ. And in Mark 30, he, wanted, he warned them to, not, to tell no one about him. And again, in verse Luke, verse Luke, finally Luke verse 21, he warned them and instructed them not to tell this to anyone. And this has been said to many people who have been healed um, by Jesus and now to the disciples pertaining to him being the Messiah. It It was not the right time to share the good news of the Messiah, but soon it will be as it is now for us. As we wrap up this morning, uh, I really want to say that I, I really struggled um, on what to say last night. Um, I was up super late. Um, I had to rewrite this whole application again. Um, and But tonight or today, it felt like um, I could have gone so many ways. But today I want to say that as followers of Jesus, we need to be speaking the truth of who Jesus Christ really is. And that starts with knowing who Jesus is and to learn who he is by reading and meditating and believing the truth ourselves. Knowing that he was born of a virgin, lived a life we couldn't live, that he suffered and died and paid the debt that we should have paid, that he was buried and then on the third day was raised from the dead, defeating death in the grave so that sinners like you and me could have eternal life and a relationship with the Father. That is who Jesus is. He is our Savior. He is our King. He is our Lord. He is the Petra, the solid rock, the cornerstone of our faith. Do you believe that to be true? Then we need to give Him the praise and glory and all the worship to Him because He is worthy. Amen? Now that you believe, you got the keys of the kingdom. Start presenting those keys. Proclaim the good news of Christ in your sphere of influences. Spirit influences. Do you know what that is? What's that you say? The sphere of influence? The sphere of influence are the people you have interactions with or influence on. 
there are a number of spheres starting small but then increasing in size and range. For me, my sphere, sphere, sphere of influence starts with Anna, my wife of 16 going on 17 years. As a husband, I need to be loving her as Christ loved the church and encouraging her to know Christ more. Helping her grow in her walk with him. After Anna, I have five kids in the second sphere. I need to be loving them like our Father in Heaven loves his kids. Loving them with grace and patience, but also with discipline. I didn't mean teaching them the truth of who God is, who we are as sinners, and what Jesus did for us. I need to be doing family devotions together, worshiping together, helping them with their Awana assignments. These first two spheres could be different for you. It just matters on what stage of life you're in. Third, for me, well, for all of us, spear is the church, the body of believers. We need to be speaking truth of Christ to our brothers and sisters in Christ and encouraging them to continue pursuing a growing relationship with Him and modishing when it needs to be done, forgiving one another for Christ first forgave us and studying together, being a life to life group together, living and actually doing life together and being generous, generous. And then to the unbelievers, whether it's your friends or family or coworkers, we need to be kind, love them, ask questions about their worldview. Everyone's got one. Ask them who Jesus is to them. Love them enough to show them the reality of their sin and their results towards a holy and perfect God. But then show them the forgiveness and grace of Jesus. Proclaim the gospel and present the keys of the kingdom. One thing I want to point out is that this works from the inside out, not outside in. Inner spheres take priority over the outer spheres. I need to be loving God first and worshiping Him for all He has done. And Matthew says, and said, and he said to him, You should love your God, the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. My closest neighbor is my wife and kids. I need to be loving and caring for them before my friends and unbelievers I know. After and not before I've done those things, then I can and should go to the church and to the other spheres, especially those who are lost. In Matthew 28, the Great Commission, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Does your life 
reflect and reveal that Christ is who he say, says he is? Does your life reveal a life surrendered to Jesus as Lord and Savior? Does your life reveal a wholehearted disciple or a half-hearted consumer? Does something in your life need to change so that people in your sphere of influence sees who Christ is? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that grace and forgiveness is found in you, that you saved us where we're at, but also not to leave us there. You encourage us and stretch us to be more like you. I pray that we would be reclaiming the truth of who you are to the to ourselves and to everyone who comes within contact with us. We're just so thankful for who you are and what you've done for us. You give us hope, a light in the darkness. You are great, and we want to give you all the praise you deserve with every breath you give us. Amen. Who is Jesus in your life? Is he king? Is he Lord? Is he Savior? Is he the cornerstone? Is he the foundation that you build everything on? Are you a wholehearted disciple, making more wholehearted disciples? Are you proclaiming truth of Jesus, presenting the keys of the kingdom in your sphere of influences? Emmaus Road Church, you are sent.